Welcome to Detect the Genetic Cause on the Hereditary Disease Pod. Join genetic cardiologist Professor Chris Semsarian AM and senior pediatric neurologist Associate Professor Andrew Kornberg as they discuss the clinical merits of genetic testing for suspected inherited disorders. In this episode, Associate Professor Kornberg uses real-world case studies to explore the role of genetics in the diagnosis and management of hereditary muscular dystrophies and neuromuscular disorders in children. How we diagnose uh, neuromuscular disease in childhood and how the new new generation sequencing has changed uh, how we go about things. The greatest difficulty in making a diagnosis of a neuromuscular disorder in childhood is the recognition that the symptoms that the patient presents with are neuromuscular in origin. Uh, Unlike in adults, uh, many children may present with some unusual uh, symptoms. It could be a behavioral disorder, dermatomyositis, delayed intellectual language development in Duchenne muscular dystrophy, myotonic dystrophy, feeding issues uh, uh, from a very early age in Nemelin, um, constipation, or even vocal cord paralysis in SMA. Muscle weakness, unlike in adults, is not a complaint of childhood. So a child won't come uh, to uh, a visit or the parents won't actually say, little Johnny is weak. They will usually present with some varying symptoms. So it could be something like difficulty walking or running, toe walking, being poor at sports, clumsy, falling, not able to keep up with their peers, or having poor endurance and tiring easily. And unless you can actually, you think about a neuromuscular disorder, these symptoms may be very nonspecific. And if you don't think about it, you won't make that diagnosis. So think of, uh, in childhood in particular, uh, unusual symptoms and whether they could be a presentation of a neuromuscular disorder. This is the sorts of things that we think about, um, uh, where the weakness is, whether there are reflexes, and that helps us um, work out where we think the pathology is, and then uh, that will dictate what tests we actually do. So this is the way we diagnose neuromuscular disorders. And in a sense, we still do, uh, but um, I think, as I'll discuss later, neuromuscular panels have really leapfrogged many of the investigations that we would previously have done. So basic studies are usually undertaken with a diagnosis in mind. So a CK thyroid function tests would be uh, something that we would be commonly doing. A CK, if it's markedly elevated, points in the direction of a muscle disorder. Uh, And then we may then proceed to specific genetic testing, nerve conductions and and EMG in some instances, but um, it is difficult to do in children. Uh, They need sedation. So we tend to try not to actually go down that route. Uh, Genetic testing, and we may even proceed to muscle biopsy, uh, which I have to say is something that we don't need to do very often in this day and age. So the first case I'm going to present is a boy of three, Ali, who presented to me with 
motor delay with early development, which was normal. He walked at 17 months, which is right at the end uh, edge of normality. Um, he cannot run at age three. He power walks, he can't climb, and he's significantly behind in comparison to his peers. And his parents said that he has difficulty getting up from the floor, but he was actually sent to me as uh, a developmental delay. And from that story, uh, I felt that he probably had a muscle disorder and he clearly had muscle weakness uh, based on the Gower manoeuvre. So my differential was at that stage in a boy was a dystrophinopathy. His CK was elevated at 1,930. And rather than going to a muscle biopsy or a nerve conduction study or an EMG, we proceeded to a neuromuscular panel. And this was done uh, through Invitae. And within um, two weeks, uh, less than two weeks, we had this result. And this was done on a saliva sample, which was sent by Invitae to the family. The family collected the saliva sample, sent it back, and we have a result. We have a deletion in the dystrophin gene in exon 17 and 19. There is a younger sibling um, at nine months. So having a diagnosis made is very, very important. The second case is a boy of six who presented to me with asymmetric toe walking. Um, he walked at 13 months. He had speech dyspraxia and issues around his speech. And again, uh, a very unusual presentation, toe walking and speech delay. He had evidence of prominent calf hypertrophy. He had a modified Gower maneuver. And I felt based on that story that he was likely to have a dystrophinopathy. A CK was done and was markedly elevated. However, when we analyzed his uh, uh, saliva uh, through Invitae, he had a pathogenic mutation within the SGCA uh, gene, which is in essence um, uh, a disorder, uh, which is limb girdle muscular dystrophy type 2D. We see um, that is a recessive disorder. So where is the other mutation? So we've got a mutation uh, of unknown significance in SGCA there. And we are now just doing fam family studies to um, work out that this is also pathogenic. Um, this is a, a, a very interesting case. And what's important about this case is that it wasn't uh, Duchenne, was not X-linked, but it was an autosomal recessive disorder. So in these two cases, um, we've made rapid diagnosis in both children within a couple of weeks. Uh, case one is DMD with no muscle uh, hypertrophy. Case two is uh, limb girdle uh, uh, muscular dystrophy type 2D. It makes a huge difference, obviously, for genetic counselling as one is X-linked, the other is autosomal recessive, and there are different treatment options for each of those disorders. So these two cases illustrate the importance of rapid diagnosis, and uh, um, this was achieved very, very quickly. Now, case three, which I'll just touch upon, is a girl I uh, have seen from Canberra. She's 23 years of age, had had multiple issues, weakness from a young age, 
respiratory weakness, orthopedic complications. And indeed, uh, in her past, she had a muscle biopsy, which was consistent with a muscular dystrophy. Um, she had numerous neuromuscular panels and single gene testing, and no diagnosis was made. So she was given this rubric of congenital muscular dystrophy. Um, I took the opportunity uh, to send off an Invitae panel, and this showed a pathogenic variant within the collagen 6 uh, gene. And uh, in this scenario, uh, this can be seen in people with Bethlehem myopathy or Ulrich uh, uh, muscular dystrophy. Or they have the same mutation, uh, and it's based on the clinical um, scenario what this uh, person has. And indeed, she has uh, a collagen um, 6A uh, mutation, and she fits into Ulrich disease. So what's happened in 2021? The diagnostic process, which I had previously uh, listed in my slide, has changed. Where once diagnosis was preceded in an orderly manner through a history, examination, laboratory testing, electrodiagnostic studies, muscle imaging, muscle biopsy to finally arrive at genetic testing. Now genetic testing often can move forward to the front of this list of investigations, obviously after making or suspecting a neuromuscular disorder. And that is how we go about diagnosing disorders in children in 2021 and beyond. And the genetic testing in a recent paper has identified that genetic testing alone has identified um, uh, the vast majority of children uh, with uh, different limb girdle syndromes, including dystrophinopathies, and as I've mentioned, limb girdle muscular dystrophy type 2D. So in summary, while recent advances have unraveled the molecular biology of many disorders, the clinical assessment of patients remain the cornerstone of the diagnosis and management. The first and second case uh, presented with um, uh, really non-specific type of symptoms. And if you did not think that those symptoms may be neuromuscular in origin, you would be floundering around doing uh, MRIs and other investigations. Once you think it is a neuromuscular disorder, you're on the right track. So you've got to think of the diagnosis before proceeding. And finally, once you've uh, recognised that the symptoms are neuromuscular, the traditional approach to diagnosis with invasive investigations have been leapfrogged with the ability for rapid diagnosis via gene panels and indeed not even a blood sample, a saliva sample. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this important discussion on the utility of genetic testing in suspected muscular dystrophies and neuromuscular disorders.